0: Right now, Simon <laughs> washed away by Children's Hour. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Simon Kingsley Holmes. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Back. How, How are we? I'm fantastic. And yourself? I'm all right. Yeah, yeah I'm surprisingly sprightly considering. You've been to the flex. I have. I've been to a few this week. Actually, in fact, I've even knocked off. Uh, I've even managed to catch up with a couple of films. Uh, I saw the um, well uh, very quickly. I saw Br- I caught up with *Brigsby Bear*, unfortunately, um, and I also saw that Netflix film *Oak Jar* that uh, came out earlier this year, the Bong Joon-ho film, um, with the all-star cast, which I thought was terrific. I will put a review of that on, I, put, I wrote a review of that on my blog, I will add that on the Radio 1 page, uh, when I put my star reviews up later. Uh, but yeah, I saw some, I saw some bits and bobs, you bits know. Bits and bobs, As you? is, as is my job, yeah. So, saw few. few. it's alright, it's fine. Alright, we will Alright, well, right, we'll, right, well that. that's me, I'll be off. Yeah, um, laters. Uh, no, okay, so last night I saw, well, I saw a couple of films, um, but I saw... Bad Mums 2, which I haven't... Um, ba- a Bad Mums Christmas. A Bad Mums Christmas. Yeah, it's called Bad Mums 2 over here. I don't know why they do this t- title changing, as if as if we couldn't understand the concept of Christmas in New Zealand. Anyway, um, oh, there's a competing film about Bad Mums and Christmas. I don't know. but uh, it's, uh, And it's... Uh, I hadn't seen the first one, and I hadn't seen trailers for this. I thought, eh, uh, Hollywood comedy. And it was a lot funnier than I expected. You know, there's some, uh, uh, some jokes, very predictable. Uh, although there was a nice... Uh, there was a, basically all the all the laughs are packed into the second act um but uh, they are funny there's a br- brilliant through line with a very po-faced male stripper which i thought was very funny um and you know uh, it's just the usual hollywood thing of ruining the third act where everyone has learns life lessons and learns to understand each other which i could do without um but yeah that was that was better than i expected um what also i saw this week i th- i'm I still i think i think this film came out last week but i watched it this week anyway so you know what shut your face um this uh, so Waru which is uh, a a local film and it's is well, it's an interesting one to describe. It's a portmanteau film, I think, is what you call this sort of thing. So it is eight uh, scenes, all done in one take, all directly or indirectly related to the death of a young boy called Waru. Uh, it's directed. It's uh, so it's eight scenes, all done in one take, uh, and it's directed by eight different directors: Chelsea Cohen, Ainsley Gardner, Casey Carr, Rene Maihi, a- Oh, this uh, Awanui Simich. Penne, I think is the, uh, it, it looks like the pastor anyway on the end there. Uh, Briar Grace Smith, Paula Fetu James, and Katie Wolfe, um, and it's I, I liked it. It's a very very interesting film. It's uh, um, it's it, kitchen sink miserablism, which always appeals to me. You know that's my that's that's my go to uh, in any situation. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a Brit, I love Mike Lee, I love Ken Loach, I love Alan Clarke, and I really like this film. Uh, it's you know um, it's very easy uh, it all being shot in one take it's all um a uh, steady cam which for those of you who don't know steady cam is a camera rig which is attached to the body and a spring-loaded arm so that you can do tracking shots that a normal track would not be able to do um uh, and you can do longer takes so a lot of these a lot of these one take dramas are tend to be shot on uh cam. and the <laughs> first thing to say of course is hats off to the steady cam operator for this film because they are bloody heavy them things and also Mm. to the boom operator that's those men must not have those men or women must not have had any blood in their arms by the end of uh, that shoot um and it's very easy at this time to say that one is bored of the single take drama because we're kind of getting an overload of this sort of um uh uh, that, that sort of thing. In particular, I'm thinking of people like Alfonso Cuaron and uh, Alejandro González in who do films like Birdman and Gravity and um, uh, The Revenant, you know, and it's always trying to dazzle us with... I have to say, I think Alfonso Cuaron does it better than Alejandro González in but they're always trying to dazzle us with that sort of thing, and a lot of filmmakers are doing that. That said, and it's easy to say you're a bit jaded by it, but it's always at least interesting when people do this, and this is one of those cases. I mean, I was... I, I th- I thought it wor- it works to differing degrees. I mean, the thing with portmanteau films is there are always going to be some uh, scenes that are better than others, some scenes that are more successful. There was one in particular in which... I mean, I- I- in the case of all of them, it would have been nice if they'd have... Um, well, no, actually, no, not in the case of all of them, actually. I'm wrong on that one. Some scenes work really well with the camera constantly travelling around, constantly on the move, you know, taking in all the different stuff that's going on. But there's a couple of the... Um, of the scenes in which you think actually the camera could rest a bit more than it does here. Mm. Particularly I'm thinking of a scene on a Mirai where there's this long conversation between these two uh, women and you think actually you, you don't need to be constantly moving the camera around here. You could let it rest and the intensity of the performances will will do the work there. Um, and you know there are other bits and bobs where there's, there's like... Um, one scene in which that's set in a TV station that starts so well, so well, in which it rests on the face of this woman who's being made up, and she's uh, made up, and she's having her hair done, and all that sort of stuff, and everyone's talking around her and poking her and prodding her, and you know all this sort of stuff, and she's keeping it, she's keeping it to herself, and all, and and the and the issue of this dead child is uh, coming up, and it's all the talk of the thing, and everyone's saying all this sort of stuff about, oh, isn't this, this is your culture, because she's a Maori woman, they're saying this is your culture, why don't you sort this out? Oh, this is a problem with all you people and then and, and eventually uh well i don't want to give it away but um uh, uh, eventually a thing happens right mm-hmm. and when the thing happened i thought oh that's a shame because you were doing so well with the tension in that scene and it was, and uh, it's, it's some speechifying and I thought actually it's case in point of, s- within that scene, it, it's that one scene itself, it's case in point of cinema does it best when it says nothing at all. It, the early parts of that scene were working so well and then it kind of undoes that work which is a shame that said it as i say it's very very interesting i uh, because what it's doing in have because some of the scenes are directly involved with the death of this child some scenes are peripherally involved in fact the last scene you're kind of not really sure in what way it's involved at all it really only seems to be thematically linked um but it's, what it does is it's using it's a cumulative effect that is a film that discusses in a broader way how such an event can affect a person, a community, a people even a nation in a way the single narrative voice couldn't so with all these different um, uh, perspectives they've been given the same story and they take uh and and they're taking different perspectives on it and uh i was really glad that i watched it i thought it was very very interesting And this along alongside i think with um one thousand ropes is further proof that art house kiwi art house cinema can be as good and as interesting as anything that europe or asia or america has to um offer um and also impressive because i looked at the budget it was two hundred and fifteen thousand dollars which is peanuts Mm. Uh, and i thought all the actors uh, hands down, were really good. May- it was it was another case of maybe not the best actors in the world, but they had enough conviction and they had enough. That they were they felt like real people in the end, and that's that that counts for a lot, I think. And mm, yeah. yeah, as and 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 all very uh, raw performances, and I liked that about it. And you know and. Uh, if I've made it sound too worthy, you know, there's uh, sex in toilets and stuff like that for you know. which Actually, I had to say that was one of the more successful. That was one of the most successful scenes. I thought that was very well done. I like that was the second uh, scene, which I thought that was very very well done. That was probably my favourite one. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah, just well, just well done on the whole. They're not perfect by any stretch, but interesting, different, and as an industrial point, here you've got eight female filmmakers all doing stories about women um in a very interesting and different way and i thought you know that's 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 to be applauded so go and see it for for that it's it's a very um interesting piece all right um and then on your, the uh, your new your favorite franchise on the next? flip side well i've never i don't think i've ever said anything about the saw movie so you, you you don't know you're judging you're judging 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 jigsaw uh the new saw movie um well i don't know if i could call the saw franchise my favorite franchise because i've only ever seen the first one Actually, and I love the first one. I love the first one. F- fantastic film, very easy because of the. Then why didn't you go see any others? If um, you that ones? B- I think I saw. I think I eventually saw Saw. Um, saw Saw. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I eventually saw like a couple of years after it came out. I didn't see it at the time. I, actually, I don't think I was... 2004, I wouldn't have been old enough to go and see it. And uh, so uh, I should have snuck into the cinema like a proper uh, teenager, yeah. but I uh, didn't. Um, but yes, this thing, this new one, so that went up to number seven, I think, didn't it? Um, and it was um, sort of the... it was the Saw was the film that kick-started the whole torture porn uh, genre, which I didn't see a lot of. I'm a horror fan, but I, the torture porn stuff didn't really interest me that said early on i think it was interesting because you have films like saw and wolf creek that's definitely a torture porn film but then you got to the nadir of things like human centipede 2 and a serbian film which i've I've never seen i have no intention of ever seeing they just they just seem horrible um but so here we return To Jigsaw. uh, So uh, Jigsaw is killing again. This time he's knocking off five victims who have dark secrets buried in their pasts, who must confess their sins in the hope of getting out of their farmhouse prison alive and intact. Uh, which kind of brings to mind that fabulous uh, tagline from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, which is uh, uh, "Who will su- who will survive and what will be left of them?" I've always loved that. That's the best tagline ever. Uh, so, uh, meanwhile, a police investigation is going on, piecing together who's responsible for the bodies that are turning up across town. Is it John Kramer, aka Jigsaw, risen from the grave, or is there someone else on the case who is doing it? And it's, I mean, it's a slice and dice, popcorn and vomit torture porn movie. What can you say? It- it's uh, directed by the Spearig brothers, who uh, started in 2003 with a, I thought a very good little uh, culty Aussie splatter movie called Undead. Um, and they've made, since made a couple of films with Ethan Hawke, Predestination and Daybreakers, which I haven't seen. Um, and... It's in one ear and out the other, you know, I I forgot it almost as soon as I got out of the cinema, but I had a good time. I was uncomfortable, I was grossed out, it was, you know, it's what you want if you're going for that sort of film. It's no better than that, it's no worse than that. Um, You know, it's following on in the tradition of that disreputable genre It's kind of started with, I guess, Cannibal Holocaust, but more recently... Um, in the two thousands, was kicked uh, kicked into uh, kicked up a gear with the new French extremity movement, which was films like Irreversible, Bazin, Martyrs, things like that. Really, really sick stuff coming out of France. Um, and I suppose to an extent, the Japanese, you know, with films like Takashi Mika and Audition and whatnot, and then that came to the West eventually, and we had our own go at really, really disgusting stuff. Um, it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, what else to say? It's 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 gory. Um, it's kind of fun. There are some nice deaths in there, I have to say. There are there, there are some proper ones where you go, "Oh yuck, that's pretty grim," um, and that's what you know, That's what I want in ninety minutes of of. I don't want to sit through. Um, because I think that there is a validity to the to the gore movie. I have had quite a few conversations recently where they go, oh, and, I and people go, oh, I don't like gore movies. I, pre- I prefer psychological horror. And I love psychological horror as much as the next person. You, you want it to feel really uncomfortable, really, you know, horror. You want to be horrified. But being horrified can also be being grossed out. And there's nothing wrong with an honest-to-goodness gore movie that comes along and just throws some guts in your face. Mm. I mean, interestingly, I think the first Saw movie, I say it started the torture porn thing, but actually I remember watching Saw and thinking, well, actually... There isn't an awful lot of gore in this. I remember no. seeing some guts. That was it. But yeah, but you didn't see much of that. You saw the first sort of slice one way, and that was it. It cut away. There was actually a lot of it was in your mind. You saw the torture devices, but you didn't. And one ex- one presumes partly that is because of the low budget. They couldn't do quite the effects that they wanted to. But that was much more of a psychological uh, film. Mm. Uh, so that played. And again, so to bring up Texas Chainsaw Massacre again, but that's you know, people always say, oh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is so gory, it's so gory. It isn't. You see one, maybe two moments of gore on film, that is it. Like you know, a thumb, a thumb being cut, and a and a leg being cut, and that's your lot. Um, so, and all the rest of it works in your mind. This isn't that. It's it's just you know, like they're just going. Um, what's the nastiest way we can kill somebody? And uh, uh, that's what they do. And it's perfectly fine, actually. It's, it's, you know, it's a three-star horror movie. I had to ju- if I had to choose between wow. this and Happy Death Day, I'd go Happy Death Day because that was just more entertaining, I think. Um, no I watched it last week. Oh, you did? Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's you don't like anything, do you? you <laughs> no. I <laughs> um, hate everything. Except for uh, I really like Logan and Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> what a boring, tedious life you must leave. Um <laughs> But no, yeah, and I was, kind of, I was kind of on board when I found out the Spirit Brothers were doing it, because I do think they're part of that sort of interesting um, low-to-mid-budget range of uh, genre directors like uh, Jeremy Saulnier and Adam Wingard and Ty West, who, you know, you get the feeling that they are trying to make the best films they can, rather than, you know, milking the cash cow. So, what was that over there? It was, you know, I was uncomfortable, my guts churned a little, and I was grossed out in a couple of scenes. It's serviceable Halloween entertainment, but it's forgettable, so it's fine. All oh, right, all right, so... Um... Film of the Week's probably Waru yeah yeah even though it's probably last week's release but uh and i would say go and see bad mums too because i was surprised how much i laughed well, the first one was quite good uh yeah I, I well on the strength of Bad mums still, i probably will go and watch bad mums yeah um, but um yeah i uh, i i like to see it's it all right yeah all don't right. go and see Briggsby bear because it's just a it's a load of hipster rubbish just go see it really? one audience it sounds <laughs> perfect <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Simon. See you again next week. Bye. After you go and see a psychological thriller, horror thriller, um, uh, 12 Feet Deep. 12 Feet Deep, yeah, we're going to catch up on that one. I will have, well, hopefully a full review. I'll try to watch it as well. Okay, all right, okay. I'll give it a go. (laughs) We'll we'll tweet each other when we're... Yeah, I don't tweet. Uh, Uh, Okay, we'll Facebook each other. Yeah. Uh,